Expert Talk is sponsored by Pod Nation TV, the podcast to broadcast network. Everybody, welcome to the show. You know where you are, Expert Talk with me, Tigo. And today we got somebody special. Will I say that all the time? But we really, really do. Other than the fact that he has the coolest beard in the world, we're going to talk about that. But if you live in Las Vegas like I do, you can't walk down the strip without seeing signs for MMA. We're going to talk about MMA. We're going to talk about, you know, really fighting for your life and surviving and helping others get over that hurdle as well. Eric Allen is here today. We're gonna have some fun, sit right there. We'll be right back. you're sitting there and you're going, did you really say you're going to bring on the person with the coolest beard in the world? I sure the heck did. Eric Allen's out there. Eric, are you out there? Tigo, how are you? Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here. It's so fun to have you here, man. And you really do have the coolest beard. Thank you so I much. Think, <laughs> in the world. I mean, you're like Amazon famous, man. That's true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon famous. Yeah. You can probably find me on a few different ads out there. <laughs> now, before we get into anything else, what made you decide to grow the beard out in the first place? So I used to grow the beard just for like one month out of the year. It wasn't for November, just one month out of the year. I'd shave it or, you know, I'd grow it out for 30 days and then shave it off. My wife would fall back in love with me after that. You're right. So it's like, oh, there's the clean shave. Right. And then when my daughter was like three years old, I shaved it off. She said, dad, I missed the beard. And I was like, I'm not shaving that again. So that's kind of how it started. And then we've just kind of kept it around this length for the last probably eight years. So now we know who has the power in your house. Your For daughter sure. runs the house. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> I see how this is going. So yeah. you've already started holiday shopping. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. So if you guys are wondering, it's literally September and this guy has already started holiday shopping. So who knows what's about to happen this year? Right. So let's talk about this. Um, you and I met at a great event. Hey to Greg Reed, big high ups to Greg Reed. We met at Prosperity Camp a couple of months ago, and yeah. I had a blast. What about you? It was so much fun. Mind-blowing for me to be there. My first time being at an event like that, and so many good speakers, so many amazing people there. I love that I got to connect with you, and excited to be back for Secret Knock here in just a few weeks. 
I know, right? I'm excited as well. And and it was my first time at Prosperity Camp and and I couldn't believe how it was set up. I've been in events for, you know, most of my life and I've never seen an event set up that way where the VIPs were really VIPs and didn't just have the title, but then they were also, you know, not behind a rope where you got to go about 50 feet away from them and wave and hope they wave back. Right. They were actually talking with you, hanging out with you. You could ask them anything and, and they would actually answer you. You know, it was, yeah. it was the coolest thing ever. I thought that was amazing. I can't wait for secret knock. Plus I get to speak at secret knock. So I'm, I'm super stoked about that. I'm, Man, I might actually have to put on a, a clean shirt or something. I don't know. Okay. So <laughs> you yourself are a host, correct? You have your own show. What's your show about? So I have two podcasts. Uh, the Eric Allen Show. That's where I talk with entrepreneurs, world changers, and success-minded people. Been blessed to speak with guys like Ed Milet, Brad Lee, Bad, uh, Bedros Koulian, Jim the Rookie Morris, Tim Story, Eric Legrand, you know, and Dan Caldwell, founder of Top Tap Out, and, of course, Ken Shamrock a few times. You know, and then the other show that I have is the top rated MMA show. And that's where I talk with up and coming MMA fighters from around the world. I love to get their story. You know, why do you want to get in a cage? You get punched in the face. And so I like to get them on there. That shorts a little bit or that shows a little bit shorter, maybe 13 to 15 minutes. And it's so cool to just hear these guys who are up, you know, climbing those ranks in the MMA world about how they're in there. What's that mindset and things like that. And so, yeah, those are my two shows. So wait, we have to go back because I heard you're talking with entrepreneurs. And, yes. you know, I, I know you guys are sitting there going, well, Tigo's an entrepreneur. And we haven't seen Tigo on. I, I have to pitch for myself because you're not here. I, I haven't been on. Well, what do I have to do to be on the show? I mean, I want to hang out with you. What's going on, Eric? You're on my list. Yes. So I made the mistake <laughs> earlier this year of recording too many shows in a row. So I built up this large queue. So I, I stopped recording for the last couple months, and I'm actually going to pick that back up in October-ish. And um, I've got a link that's going, you're like at the top of my list, You've uh, a link that's going out to you so I can have you on the show. So it'll come out before the end of this year. But I would love to have you on. It would be such an honor to have you on. I'd love to have, I'd love to be on, and I'm just giving you a hard time. I have to give you a hard time. It's just my job in life. Uh, totally. But I <laughs> yep, I got you. You're on my list for sure. I'm, I definitely want to, I didn't want to reach out to people and say, hey, it's coming out in five months because I made that mistake earlier. So we're, we're going to, I've definitely got you on my list to bring on. I love it. I love it. And then for your MMA show, how did you get into that? What made you, cause you're not a fighter, correct? I'm not you're a fighter. Fan. Yeah. Big fan. Yeah. So I, what made you decide I'm going to go out and start talking to these fighters? You know, I'm a fan. I want to get the words directly from them. What made you decide to do that? It, it, it was actually like this uh, trail of failure that led me to the podcast. And so my wife and I started top rated May as an apparel company in 2012. It was okay. during the tap out era. We made a lot okay. of business mistakes. We bought a bunch of inventory that didn't sell and we took off really fast and then it dropped real quick and it went slow. And then in 2015, I got bored with it. I wasn't making money. I wasn't excited about it. I literally put an ad in Craigslist and said, who wants to buy this company? And one guy called me up. He offered me a few grand. And in that call, I decided I wasn't ready to quit. So I spent the next year and a half kind of figuring out like, what do I do with this business? Mm. 2017, I launched the Top Rated May podcast. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't even know about Apple or Spotify podcast. I was literally just uploading videos to YouTube and Facebook. And I just wanted to ask fighters, like, why do you want to get punched in the face? I was in a walk-in closet for almost 100 episodes, bad lighting, bad camera, didn't even look into the camera, bad microphone. And now episode like 
240 plus has come out and just been blessed to speak with so many people from around the world. And so that's kind of how it got started, but always been this fan and just wanted to get the, the inside like knowledge of these fighters. Like, why do you want to go get in the cage? That door is going to lock behind you. That guy or girl across the cage wants to physically hurt you. What's that mindset before you step in there? Okay. So now I've got to ask you, you said 240 plus episodes you're in. Yeah. Okay. You've asked this question, why do they want to get hit in the face? What's yeah. the most popular answer for why do they want to get hit in the face? It's so interesting. I, I have such diverse answers. Most of the answers are, hey, I was in MMA, or I mean, I was in karate or taekwondo or wrestling, and it transitioned to MMA. Mm -hmm. Two guys are like, dude, I've got federal fences, and I can't go get a real job, but I can go in a cage and get punched or punch people mm -hmm. to put food on the table for my kids. And I, I those stories, they rock me when I hear these guys like, man, like that was their last desperation, but they're succeeding in that path that they chose. And they're pretty be able to put food on the table because they're in there, like literally putting their life on the line. So if you're a child, um, I don't even know at what age people can start, you know, training for MMA. Do you know what age you can start training? Both my kids are training in, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and striking right now at eight and 11. Wait, you're letting your kids get hit in the face at eight and 11? Uh, so they do not do face. Uh, contact right now it's oh, just good. it's it's soft sparring so uh, but they're both in striking and jujitsu classes they've only been in it about six weeks they love it uh they are huge fans and this the confidence level that i've seen both my kids uh increase just over the last six weeks from discipline and being in the class and really figuring out how to do those locks with jujitsu and stuff it's been amazing to see their growth and confidence and, and mentality have you figured out when it's too late to get into it? Like if you're in your 20s or your 30s or your 40s, forget about it. It's too late for you even to think about jumping in that ring. You know, in the ring, maybe. But it, just training in jujitsu and stuff like that, I've got a lot of good buddies. I'm 41 years old. A lot of my buddies are like, dude, come join me at the gym. Come come do some roles. So, And my kids are inspiring me to go get into that. And so, uh, you know, I don't think there's ever an age where you can, where you can start training. I don't know if I would step into a cage at my age, but you know, at least you could start training and, and get like that self-defense down. You know, here in Vegas, they, you know, the giant marquees, you drive yeah. down the strip and giant marquees, billboards on the highways. I mean, you know, pay-per-view it, it's humongous here, right? Yep. Are there matches in other towns and other cities? I, I have no idea. I've been to one match in my entire life. So is there matches in other cities and towns? Like, are there amateur like levels and then pro? Is it like that? How does that break down? Yeah. So where I'm at in Idaho, there's not a lot of local MMA. There is a okay. really great promotion about 30 miles from here. It's called Proving Ground MMA, and it's put on by Warrior Camp, which is a gym out of Spokane. And that was started by, or that gym is owned by Pablo Alfonso, who used to fight in the big leagues like Bellator and, you know, um, uh, World Series of Fighting and stuff like that. So okay. up here, there's not a lot of pro fights. It happens like maybe once every three months out in Spokane, which is about 35 miles from me. And about every month or month and a half, they have that Proven Grounds all amateur fight card, uh, which I love. I sit cage side. I usually do the live results for those guys. It's ran very professionally for being an all amateur show. And they bring in a ton of crowd. And it's awesome to see these guys who are like, maybe I should test the water of this MMA thing. And they go in there and they either win or they don't. But it's a learning opportunity either way. All right. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm getting a flag from the producer saying, you know, we got to go to break. We got to go to break. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to break right now. And then when we're going to come, we're going to come back because I saw something on social media. You know, Eric is hitting 100 interviews 
this year. And I think he's on like number 60 or 70 or something like that. And then we're going to talk about the journey he made at the age of 14. So sit right there. We'll be right back. Expert Talk is sponsored by Pod Nation TV, the podcast to broadcast network. Hey, I have a quick question for you. Do you want a professional agency to handle all your video creation, syndication and monetization needs? Here at Melrose 11, we specialize in getting you the results you need to help you grow your business by generating new leads, driving more traffic and closing more sales without breaking your bank. We create animated explainer videos, social teasers, catchy intros, full HD commercials, and even viewer interactive videos. So, if you're looking to elevate your brand, or attract more leads, generate more sales, increase traffic, or build up more exposure for your business, then you've definitely come to the right place. Our professional team will develop your video campaigns at an affordable price. With our fast turnaround times and a quality of work that can't be beat. We look forward to working with you. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We're talking with Eric Allen, and we're talking about MMA. We're talking about his entrepreneurial journey. And I forgot to ask him a question. Eric, are you out there? I'm here. Yes. Thank you so much. So I got to ask, you know, I don't know, is MMA real? Because, you know, they say wrestling, the kind you see on TV, may not be as real as they try to make it. Is it real? I have seen Lots of knockouts and lots of blood uh, from a personal perspective. Yes, it is 100% real. Ooh, okay. Okay. Now we're changing subjects because you now have given me the willies. All righty. Okay. Um, so we're moving on. Um, you're doing 100 interviews in 2021. Is that what I saw? That is a goal. Yeah. This is uh, interview number 85 for me this year. Wow. So what made you decide to do it? Last year in 2020, I set a goal to do 50 interviews. And I okay. did 26 and I was like, seriously, that's all I got. And so I came into 2021. I said, I'm just going to do four X that I'm doing a hundred this year. This year's all about growth for me. And I'm changing the way that I see things. I want to grow financially. I want to grow my business. I want to grow my networking, grow my marriage, grow my finances, everything like that. And so this is just a huge year for me. So I said, Hey, you know what? We're going to hit this hundred number. We're going to try to get my story out. We're going to try to connect with as many people as we can in 2021. So next year, are you 10xing it and gonna do like a thousand or something? No, I'm kidding. Maybe, um. but I don't know. I yeah, I, I, I've got to. So I'll release a hundred episodes of my own podcast plus be a guest of a hundred this year. So it'll be an interesting. That's awesome. Interesting year. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. I love that. So let's let's talk a little bit about your journey yourself because you know you and I had this much time to talk at the right. event at Prosperity Camp in San Diego. And and I was blown away because you literally, you know, raised yourself from the age of 14. And, and there are people out there right now, you know, I was an adoptive child. I was a lucky one. I got adopted at the age of six months. Mm -hmm. So, um, but there are people out there right now that are in the system, that are stuck outside of the system and are really going through a tough time because of the pandemic. You know, what what happened? How did that happen and how did you survive? 
It was tough. Yeah. So I grew up in, uh, I thought it was a typical household up until I was 11 years old, you know, played little league and went to Sunday school. My parents got divorced when I was 11. I had never even heard that word before. My, none of my friends were, had parents who were divorced or anything. And so it was a big shocker to me that my parents got divorced. I never saw my parents fight. I knew my dad drank a little bit as a kid. I saw like, you know, vodka bottles in the garage, but I never mm. saw any crazy arguments or anything like that. My parents get right. divorced. My mom immediately gets together with a guy who's very physically abusive, almost like the first date that I remember. And wow. I remember standing outside the house, looking through the window when they're arguing, he's hitting her with a cordless phone back when those were around. Right. You know, and my mom never pressed charges. It drove me nuts. I didn't understand. And then they did the smart thing. They got pregnant and they decided, Hey, we're going to move to small town, Montana, Stevensville, Montana. So they moved up. I used to grew up in Eastern Washington is where that was from. So I move up to Stevensville, Washington or Montana population, 1200 people. They rented this house on five acres, beautiful property, ponds, you know, right by the bitter river. The house had three bedrooms though. It was one for them, one for my brother, who was just a couple months old at the time. And then one for my sister who's four years younger. Okay. You get to live in the garage. So I literally had this bed and then a plastic tarp at the end of my bed that separated my bed from the truck that would pull in. I had a fireplace on my half of the garage uh, that would keep me semi-warm in those negative degree winters in Montana. But when I was 13 years old, they came home arguing and it wasn't anything different than any other night. I brushed my teeth and I felt like God was talking to me in that moment saying, dude, you got to turn around. There's some serious stuff going on. So the way the house was set up was behind me was the kitchen to the pantry to the garage where I stayed. So I turned around and I see him on top of my mom in the pantry and it's just boom, 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 one shot after the other puncher in the face. I'm like, dude, I got to stop this guy. So I walked up and I grabbed a cast iron pan and I swung as hard as I could. And I split the back of his head open and he turned around and he said, what the, and as he said that I took another swing, a swing and split his forehead open. I'd fallen in that swing to the ground. And I remember him standing up over me. He was bleeding and he's starting to yell. My mom jumps up, lands like six punches in a row. There's blood splatting on the wall. Cops show up finally and take him to jail for the night. Again, no charges were pressed. And at that point I was Mm. kicked out of that house. I had three months left in my freshman year of high school. So I bounced around from friends' houses and to finish out my freshman year of high school there in Montana and then moved back to live with my dad in Washington state. He rented wow. a house for him and I, and he would put 20 bucks in the cup for my lunch money, hunger man meals in the freezer and cereal and milk in the house. And then he would go stay with his girlfriend. So I had no accountability, uh, no adult supervision. So my house became the party house. So I was getting into drugs early. I was smoking a lot of pot acid mushrooms, you know, cough syrup because it had morphine in it, like getting into real, a lot of it all the time, you know, before school, during lunch, after school. Mm. And when I was 18 years old, I got arrested for having a bong, which is now legal in the state of Washington. But in 1998, when I was a senior in high school, it was not. And so I had to go to jail for 24 hours. I had black and white chain gang outfit on bright orange slippers, 145 pound kid, like scared to death. You know, and I was on probation for a year where they could have drug tested me at any point. But uh, so I didn't smoke pot for a year, but I enhanced my drinking skills. So I started drinking. Right. And then two weeks after I graduated high school, I woke up to a post-it note on the bathroom mirror that said, you can't comply with house rules. You have 48 hours to get out. Wow. So I was like, okay. So I was basically living off of credit cards between the age of 18 and 21. I moved 21 times. And by the time I'm 21, I'm $28,000 in debt and had to file bankruptcy. And I made a move to Seattle with a hundred dollars in my pocket. And that was part of that moving around a lot. But uh, yeah, that was, that was the craziness that I was in before I got into the music business after that. Wow. So, I mean, a lot of people are in the darkness, you know, it seems like, especially during this pandemic, 
some people saw the light and found their way because they had time to just stop and listen and hear and see. And then some felt like their world just shut down because they couldn't go do everything they were used to doing. If you were in that such a dark space, how did you find your way to the light? How did you find your way back to your own reality? I spent uh, between 21, 23, I worked in the music business for Universal Records and, and went to about 175 concerts open tab. So continue that drinking. I got laid off from my universal record on my one year anniversary during the Napster days. If you remember those, Mm -hmm. Uh, I was the bottom of the totem pole. So I got laid off with a few others from the office and kind of went into this depression. I was working at Starbucks at night. I'd get off and go to get my six pack of beer and then go to my ghetto apartment there across the street from where Jimi Hendrix is buried in Renton, Washington and, and drink myself to sleep. And one night while I was working, this girl walked into Starbucks and said, Hey, we've got this cool college AIDS event down at our church. Would you be interested in going? And mm. I'm depressed. I have no friends. She's really good looking. Absolutely. What time do I need to be there? Like, that's what's going through my mind. And so a couple of days later, I go to this event and I ran in all these guys that I knew from high school. Dude, I haven't seen you in five years. I haven't seen you in seven years. It's crazy. And I think God was planting a seed in me at that moment. Because about a month later, it was Easter 2004. I was managing a band. We went and played a concert the night before Easter. And I woke up Easter morning in my buddy's basement, surrounded by probably 15 folks. And I felt God in the moment say, dude, you're going down this wrong path. That's going to end your life real quick. If you don't start making some changes. So I decided in that moment, I gave life, uh, gave my life to Christ and I quit drinking cold Turkey, drugs, cigarettes, drinking everything in that moment. And I called that girl up. I got her voicemail and said, Hey, thanks for inviting me to that church event. Maybe I'll see you at the store sometime. And a month later we we're dating. And now we've been married for almost 17 years. Wow. That's amazing. That's an awesome story. I didn't know that that you were turning. I knew you were going to sit out with your wife, but 17 years ago, I didn't think it was, you were going to say 17 years ago. So I'm going to ask you a question that you've probably been asked many times or maybe never been asked before. Cause I know when we started the conversation, we were talking about your daughter. Yeah. You know, if your daughter's in a relationship later on down the road in a relationship, What are you going to tell her to look for signs that, Mm. you know, if you see this, if you see that, you you get out, you call dad, you do whatever, but you don't stay there and take it. What are you going to tell her? Yeah, you know, it's I think what I need to tell her is, you know, I one, my wife and I, we both come from the craziness. So we've been teaching our kids that, hey, you know what, we're breaking the chains of abuse, rejection and addiction that we battled and that we dealt Mm -hmm. with or that we were around. And so we want our daughter to realize, like, you know what, I want my daughter to see a man that hopefully treats their treats her like I treat my wife. You know, I try to, mm-hmm. you know, be respectful, right? Um, you know, you're you're on time, you're, you know, you're being there for them, right? And so mm-hmm. anybody who tries to get out of line, now my daughter, she's tough and she'll probably tap him out with the Brazilian jiu-jitsu moves. But like, so I'm not hundred <laughs> percent worried about that. But you know, I'm the guy who's like when the first boy shows up to take my daughter for a date, I'm gonna make him dig a six foot hole in the backyard, right? Like that, <laughs> that's like, you know what, this is, this is just for later, bro. Like, I mean, that's, I'm going to be that scary dad, like, you know, from bad boys when they answer the door. I was going to say, I just had that ever. scene of bad boys in my head. Play. <laughs> so, like best scene ever. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to take that to life. So yeah, I mean, I definitely want to put a little bit of fear in those boys when they come over ever, uh, it, you know, but I think my daughter, she's really smart. But we also have to, to have that conversation like, hey, you need to watch out for these things. You know, they need to be respectful. They need to be opening doors. They need to not be pushing hard for anything else. Right. And so and absolutely, I'll, I'll wake up in the middle of that and go get her wherever that happens to be. But, yeah, she's she's good to go, I think. 
So then I got to ask, because I've got grandsons, you know, and it just seems to be that it may be a small window of six months. It may be a wide window of seven years, but it seems to be that all boys go through this crazy time before they find some kind of sanity. Mm. So what are you going to tell your son? So maybe his crazy time is maybe six minutes. What are you going to tell him so that he doesn't go through even a little bit of what you went through? The cool thing is my son takes very much after my wife, who is uh, very loving and very like protective uh, immediately. Like I wasn't that way as a kid. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe when I, when I was 13, but as a kid, I wasn't that way. My son is very much aware of his surroundings, very smart, and he's very respectful uh, for for girls. And we teach him that too. Like, hey, you know what? We have to respect girls. We can't open the door just if so. If you want to walk in, you got to knock on the door because sissy might be in there going to the bathroom, right? Like, you can't change in front of sissy. Like, we are kind of teaching him that right off the bat, and he is nice. so smart when it comes to that and just being respectful with the girls that he interacts with at class. Now, my son, he's got long curly hair, and he says every girl in class wants to marry him, right? Which is pretty cool. But at the same time. I'm like, dude, you got to take it, take your time. You got to respect. And you know, he's in elementary school, so he's not like in that girlfriend mode or anything quite yet. Uh Oh, uh Oh, all right. We're going to have to have you back on in 10 years when you start to go through (laughs) the girlfriend mode and see how dad's doing. Cause dad may need therapy right about then. So, you know, our producer, Alan, he's bouncing up and down saying we're, you know, we're out of time and I've been having such a blast with you. We're going to have to have you come back. But Anytime. you're not only are you a host, but you're also a speaker as well, right? So can yep. you tell everybody in case they're listening and not watching, how do they get in touch with you if they want to be on your show, if they want you to come and speak? How do they get in touch with you? EricAllenMedia.com is the website. I'm really active on Instagram, so they can shoot me a DM. I respond to every DM, every comment. So yes, do public speaking, do voiceover. I do brand videos for products and things like that. So I love work with brands and love collaborating with brands to do videos. And that's really my passion is to talk with people and then put out great content. And uh, ericallenmedia.com is the, the website. I want to thank you for bringing the coolest beard in the country and uh, come and hang out with me for a little bit. Eric, you are so cool. And I hope you'll come back and hang out with me again really soon. Absolutely. Such an honor to be here, Tigo. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Hey, everybody, that was Eric Allen. I love hanging out with cool people. I love hanging out with entrepreneurs that are doing what they do, trailblazing, but remembering to turn around and bring a bunch of people with them and show them, you know, how to jump over those pitfalls and those potholes along the way on the road. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you'll come back next time. And as always, I'm Tigo. I'll talk to you next time. 